This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. I have a chat with French blues rocker Laura Cox to share with you. The catalyst for the conversation with Laura is due to the launch of her third album. It will see light of day on January 30, 2023, and it is titled Head Above Water. It will be released via ear music she's a delightful chat i must say laura she was in the midst of rather a large block of conversation so i try to make it as interesting as i can for her hopefully that comes across i uh, did enjoy talking to her and i have a tune to share with you before the chat this one is titled which one have i picked for you i think i'd have that organized for you in advance i think i do do i yeah i do so long because there's a video out on youtube you can watch right now so this is called so long it is taken from laura's album head above water and once it's done we'll dive into the chat with the french blues rocker herself let's go
excited about I, I really hope we can come to Australia. So I'm really happy to be talking with Australian media. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, your album will do well down here. You're probably aware of that because this is the sort of music that Australians have already picked up on the Joe Bonamassa thing and you're adjacent to what's going on there with Joe. So is there, has there been a lot of promotion, apart from these sort of calls, of course, but is there a lot of promotion into Australia at the moment with this excellent new album? I think we're starting for the, the we're starting with the interviews and then we'll see how it goes. But uh, at the moment, I don't have a, an Australian booker, so uh, I think I'm going to search for one and I really hope we can come and tour and promote the, the third album soon this year. So, But for now, yeah, starting with interviews and we'll see uh, how how's the feedback, you know. Yeah, Once exactly. Yeah. So the album is called, it's called Head Above Water. And I guess... It, it, I've already alluded to what this question might be, but do you feel like as though this is the album, your three albums in, that is going to give you the push into the next tier, the one that you deserve to go to? Um, it's hard to say. I never really think about this because I'm mostly focusing on the music. I wish maybe it's going to uh, take a different turn. Maybe we're going to go further. Uh, maybe, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say because... Rock is not the mo most popular uh, genre, so we'll never fill stadiums, but maybe it's going to push a bit. So, And for now, the, the feedbacks we had is really good with the singles and, the, and from the media and everything. So I'm crossing my fingers, but uh, even if we're staying at our level, you know, I enjoy playing clubs and uh, the music is still yeah, enjoyed by a lot of people. So mm. we'll see. I, I, I don't want to expect too much, so I'm not disappointed, you know, but I'm already really excited about this release. Just being able to release new music and a new album is already really rewarding and I'm so grateful for this. Yeah, yeah. Something that I notice you do very well is social media and the YouTube thing. Probably better than any other blues rock guitarist around at the moment, I must say. So is that is that easy for you to do? Do you find that that comes to you easy? Uh, not really. Honestly, I should take care of this more uh, because uh, I should be more active and present on the social media. I'm the one uh, in charge of this. And uh, yeah, maybe compared to uh, older blues rocker, I'm better, mm. but I, I could be better when I when I'm, I see everything that, that's being done with the older people and the bands I'm following. There's a uh, room to for improvement, you know. So um, yeah, I'm trying to post uh uh, when I, when uh, I have to, but I'll try to uh, to yeah to put more effort in this uh, this year and uh, especially when a new album is out, there's a lot of things to do. You know. Yeah, I oh, know. I'm hearing you. Yeah, something I noticed as well. You you've played some metal festivals such as Hellfest, this sorts of thing, and you've done some festivals across Europe. Do you find that it's the metal fan that connects with your music? Uh, I think so. We we have kind of a wide um, range of uh, styles, you know, in our, in our music. Sometimes it can go from, I, I never played metal, but it can go from um, bluegrass country rock to, um, uh, from bluegrass country rock to hard rock. So, mm. which means that we can possibly be booked for blues festivals, country rock festivals, uh, but also for yeah, hard rock and metal, even if we are a bit soft, softer than most of the bands. Uh, I know that the, the audience enjoy these, uh, our kind of music because at least it gives a bit of a, you know, a time to breathe uh, in between the two metal, metal shows. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy playing in uh, hard rock festivals because uh, the, um, 
the welcoming of the audience is always a always a good. Even if sometimes I'm thinking, okay, are we hard enough? Is it going to to be okay? And in the end, I I think if we are booked in the festivals, it's it's for a reason. And I I'm doing my job playing the music, and then uh, yeah, if the people don't like it, they can still switch to another stage. You know. <laughs> so you're doing very well in Europe. And I have no doubt you'll obtain an audience here in Australia, but we all know that the United States is where a lot of the money's at. So has has the audience given you a style of music is effectively an American artifact being its blues? Do you, do you have a big audience or do you feel like as though you could obtain a big audience in the United States? It feels like it, but it's hard to say because we've never played there. Uh, so when I when I'm looking at my stats, you know, on, uh, on YouTube, for example, yeah, the majority of the people are from the US, but it's so big that it's hard to know if uh, yeah, in a precise venue would we have a if we would have a, a big audience or not. So, but we we are definitely gonna try this soon and hopefully this year too. Like Australia, the US, I really want to try this uh, mm. this year. Try to find a booker and uh, come for a small tour. I'm not saying. Uh, a lot of gigs, but at least I don't know five or six to sue to test a bit to see how how's the feedback and if maybe there's something to do there. Because if I'm believing the stats from the social media, there's mm. something to do. I'm really really excited. But in Europe, there's always uh, places to go. We are mostly touring in France, but also Germany, Spain, uh, uh, Romania, Poland. Uh, Portugal, it's uh, Italy. Um, mm. So, yeah, they're also a, a big scene for this here. But, yeah, of course, I would like to explore more at some point. Mm. Have you been invited to collaborate with a lot of well-known and renowned musicians? Um, collaborate? Maybe not, but we. Uh, I toured with um, different artists that I'm really uh, looking up to, like Jared James Nichols. We are a bit on the same uh, on the same. Uh, style of music like blues rock we toured together in spain and i had the chance to play um to some for some big festivals where with big lineups and i didn't really collaborate with them of course but mm. having my name next to uh, you know the Foo fighters or the guns and roses uh, uh on some um, yeah. uh, like uh, festivals post poster is really uh i don't know really exciting yeah, you made it. You're doing it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, you're doing what so many of us, some of you, but never happened for me. I didn't have your talent, but you've just got this extraordinary talent, but you're also working hard to obtain this audience. So, so when just talking about the album again, were there any challenges, unexpected challenges that you had to face when you were crafting Head Above Water? Not really. I think for the first time, I was finally free to do what I wanted. I kind of stopped listening to everybody because for the previous album it was uh previous albums it was always sort of complicated to have to hear what i wanted every time i was bringing a riff there was always someone saying ah oh, but no we have to change this and this and for this album we the yeah it went really smooth in a really really nice uh, nice atmosphere and uh, for the first time yeah it was easy so i really enjoyed making this uh, this album i mostly wrote it by myself when i um, I was during the lockdown, you know, I moved a bit near the ocean. I was uh, in Portugal for a few months and I mostly wrote uh, the album there. And then uh, we, when I came back to, uh, to France and to Paris, we uh, ar arranged everything with the, the bandmates. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Do you, are you at a point where you can handpick the musicians you work with? 
Um, it, it's really hard to find musicians uh, for my my style of music, like musicians that are that are good, that are available, that are motivated, and uh, it's um, it's hard. But I feel like we we arrive to a point where I'm sure about the lineup, everything is going well. And um, but yeah, it's always complicated. We we for example, uh, it took a years before we we were happy about the bass player and right now is he's the best so i'm really happy with the the team at the moment and we are in a good um like uh, on a in, there's a good vibe and uh, everybody's yeah. really motivated pushing this project up and so it feels really nice what were the issues with the bass playing prior to the bloke coming on board now um we had several bass players but there was always something like uh, someone who wanted to be the boss of the band and to yeah. to really uh, write write the songs and yeah the project is called Lacock so it would be cool if I had my word my word to say <laughs> you know if I could say something <laughs> so there was this and yeah, uh, yeah other other like uh, more not musically related uh, problems but yeah I think we were not so lucky with the bass players and um, Adrien, the bass player we have now, is really yeah, he's uh, like proposing ideas and leaks and uh, arrangement ideas without imposing anything. And every yeah, we're working in a really, really a good dynamic at the moment. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? It sucks when someone tries to come on board and take over, especially when the band is your name. It's your namesake. But uh, do, do you find that, given your relative youth? Some of the musicians have tried to come in, they've been a bit older and they've been tried to be a bit too dominant that way. Yeah, I think that was part of the problem. I, I started, I first started years ago on YouTube. I was really introvert. Then uh, I thought, okay, uh, we are going to start a band just between friends. It's going to be all, all uh, you know, happy and uh, easy. And uh, But in the end, no, I wasn't saying anything and I just let myself be, uh, you know, not um, everybody was deciding for me. And uh, I finally realized, okay, I have to take this uh, in charge now. I never liked this uh, role, but I'm the boss, whether I like it yeah. or not. And uh, this is my name. So um, we we started working in a different uh, yeah dynamic. And um, and yeah, of course, like you're like like you said, I think being a, a woman working with men that are mostly older than me, sometimes mm. it's hard to say no or to give orders. I hated this, and now. I don't know now. I'm I'm in a mindset where I know that the team is supporting me. They're listening to me. Uh, if someone has something to say, it's open. We we can talk, and we are doing. We're working in a yeah good good vibe. And uh, I'm finally able to say nicely, but firmly when I have to to say to to stand up and and talk. You know, and this is something I really struggled doing uh, the the past years. Hmm. And most of do you draw most of your musicians from France, or do they come from Britain and all over Europe? No, no, they're we're mostly touring in France, so it would be uh, hard to uh, yeah. uh, gather, you know, people. It would be expensive to uh, because for the since two thousand and seventeen, we were touring almost every weekend, so I could we couldn't uh, buy tickets every weekend to go back and forth between several different countries. So yeah, yeah, the 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 whole team is French. Um, initially, they were all living in the same area, like as mine, like near Paris. But now, the um, yeah, the half of the team is from the the east, um, the east of France, near Germany. But it's mm. uh, it's okay. Like this, we managed to to work this out. Aha, uh -huh. gotcha. Yeah, 
Just focusing on the album again, were there were there any particular guitars or did you – so when you're writing a song, for example, do you go, this is going to suit the Strat or the Les Paul, that sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes um, yeah, I already experiment this when I'm uh, recording the demos, you know, alone at home. I'm testing different, uh, different tones, different guitars. But usually I, I already know when I have the – what I want the riff in mind, uh, what I want to hear, I already know what guitar is going to suit best, uh, is going to suit the, the song best. So, uh, yeah, so that when we arrive in the studio, because we don't have a, we, we don't have a unlimited, unlimited time in the studio because uh, every day is expensive. So that we, when we arrive in the studio for the real recording, I know exactly what I'm going to use and we're saving time. But uh, yeah, yeah. Usually I know my instruments, so I, I know what to use uh, where and when. Do you have a, a big collection these days or are you borrowing a lot of stuff? Um, I'm not borrowing uh, and I'm not really a, a, collect, a collector. I, um, I, uh, it's, I have three, I would say I have three main guitars that I'm using at every show and, uh, and that I'm mostly playing at home. And the rest is, uh, yeah, bass, banjo, lap steel, acoustic mm. guitar. Um, and maybe in total, I w I'm not sure I have uh, maybe a dozen electric guitar, a dozen of electric guitars, mm. but uh, yeah, some of them are sleeping in the storage, <laughs> has been, uh, have been uh, just uh, yeah, waiting for me in the storage for years. So yeah, uh, but I, I wouldn't say I'm a big, uh, big collector, you know. Yeah. I didn't get the impression you were a collector. I think it's a good thing. I'm, I'm firmly of the view maybe we share this, that guitars are meant to be played, not in storage. In other words, if it's not being used, get, give it away or get rid of it or something. Yeah, sometimes it's hard, but uh, that's what I'm trying to do. But there are guitars that I'm not using at the moment, but I don't really want to uh, to sell because, for example, I started uploading my first videos with uh, uh, an Epiphone Les Paul Slash, and I'm not using it so much um, at the moment, but that's not something I would like yeah. to sell either. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. One thing I didn't, I've listened to the album a couple of times. It just sounds like it's it's your, it's a very organic tone that you've got. It doesn't sound like you're using a lot of effects and the like, which I think is great. Is that, am I hearing that correctly? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. We wanted something like a uh, quite pure and raw and uh, just a fat, I wanted a fat uh, crunch tone. Mm. Um, and then once I had this, I didn't really need any pedals. I added some overdrive uh, pedals for the lead parts to give a bit of push of, uh, of gain and sustain. Um, but the rest, it's uh, yeah, it's, it was quite plug and play. Whether I had my Les Pauls and a, a combination of uh, uh, Orange and Marshall amps, and it, it worked uh, fine that way. So I didn't want it to. I didn't want to add more. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's been a lovely chat. I think you got another one in a minute or two's time, so I better let you go to that one. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, th thanks very much for the chat. As I say, I hope to see you down here. I'd love to watch you guys live, watch you perform. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I'm really, I, 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 uh, I'll try to make this happen. I'm going to work for this because I'm really excited about coming to Australia. So I'll be keeping my fingers crossed and maybe see you on tour soon. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Great album. Congratulations on it. And yeah, to your point, hopefully see you down here. Yeah. Thanks no a lot and have, uh, have a nice evening. There she is, Laura Cox. What a lovely lady. Enjoyed that chat with her and I do hope to see her when she comes down to Australia as surely a tour will be on the horizon. 
Also, that chat was a bit different to the one with John Joseph from Cromags and Blood Clot, wasn't it? <laughs> Variety is a spice of life, ladies and gentlemen. Variety is indeed. Hope your Christmas or your Advent preparations are going well. I celebrate Christmas, so I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas if you're listening to this prior to December 25th, 2022. Okay. There are plenty more conversations, just like that one over at scarsandguitars.com. And if you like listening, maybe you like reading too. I've written a book. Click the link in the banner and you'll be taken to a marketplace. Download a sample. If you do complete the purchase, let me know. I want to thank you personally. Otherwise, that's it from me. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. There's a message that will follow this about the book of really appreciate it if you could stick around and have a bit of a listen to that but until next time it is a very goodbye for now this is eric rattan of cannibal corpse you are listening to the scars and guitars podcast with andrew mckay smith i've been the host of the scars and guitars podcast since 2017 the first musician i interviewed for the show was david vincent from morbid angel and things have just snowballed from there in all I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the... I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there I, I, I just i just can't understand how we've gotten to this place and yeah we kicked a hornet's nest with sepultura percussive overlord gene hoagland talks about recording with chuck Schuldina. chuck was always um you know he was he was very you know very open-minded and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. 
All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book. <laughs>